We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. As Kurt Cobain once said, all apologies. We do not have the opening that so many people have grown accustomed to for this podcast, but here is the second portion of the David Sybertson interview. Enjoy. I say we transition a little bit to the defense. We spent 50 minutes talking about the offense, which I absolutely love, and thank you so much. Sean Robinson's on the pup. Hopefully, he's going to be back from the meniscus injury that he suffered late last season. You have Nacho you brought back in. We know the biggest liability last season was the run defense. That's not solely on the defensive line. Linebacker was a real big reason for that. But now with Bobby Okereke and the Giants solidifying this run defense, what do you expect from Wink Martindale, we know he's going to blitz. We know he's going to pressure. You know he's going to play man coverage. I think he's more flexible of a defensive coordinator than that. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves just from going over the film. But in terms of the run defense, and if the Giants do shore it up, how can that allow the Giants to have more success in 2023? They were easy to run on last year, which is crazy because I didn't think the personnel was that bad, but the linebacker does matter. So they have the linebacker now. Hopefully he stays healthy because I don't think there's much behind him. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna see a nice open competition between who's gonna be playing next to him, between McFadden, Darren Beavers. Uh, I think it's gonna be one of those two. It's not a combination. The defensive backfield is what I think is can really set apart the defense, right? Part of the reason why teams had a lot of success running against the Giants last year was that they didn't want to pass the ball that often. They were a little fearful of the pass rush with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams a growing Kayvon Thibodeau who got a lot better as the year went on. And it's just much more, it's much easier to move the ball. If you know, you can do it on the ground. Now that the personnel is better along the defensive front and don't uh, overlook uh, the kid they signed from Tampa Bay, uh, Rakeem Nunez Rochez, he is a very good run defender. So I think this is going to come down to offenses are going to want to push the ball downfield against the the secondary. Uh, Deontay Banks, is he going to start right away? Uh, Marlon Humphrey did not start right away under Wink Martindale. They made him wait a good eight to 10 weeks before he really saw a lot of playing time on a consistent basis. And I don't think he started until the end of the year. Adoree Jackson, can he stay in the field? Um, what is Xavier McKinney? We don't, I feel like we still don't know yet. I think we're excited about the potential. His 2021 season was very strong, especially towards the end of the year. But the loss of Julian Love is going to be a big deal here. And we need to see some someone rise up to be a really quality nickel on this team. Whether it's Cordell Flott, Darnay Holmes, I think, is you kind of just know what he is right as, at this point. To me, there's just a lot of questions in the secondary. This could be a really strong group 
or we could see Dory Jackson get hurt again. We could see Cordell Flott not develop in the second year, and Deontay Banks might not be ready for prime time. And if that's the case, and this defensive front is going to be a lot harder to run on, you know, the, the opposing offenses are going to have a lot easier time throwing the ball downfield. And again, I think we're going to find out pretty early if this, if this Giants defense is up to the task. You got four or five really tough offenses to, to defend early on in the season between the Dolphins with Mike McDaniel, what he does there, uh, Josh Allen um, away, prime time. Dak Prescott is always, you know, a very good quarterback. And then you have the rising comeback player of the year in Geno Smith. These guys, again, five of the first six weeks, you're going to find out real quick what this defense is all about. Yeah, it's a great point. They're going to be put, there's going to put a lot of stress on these defensive backs early on. You mentioned Mike McDaniel's system puts so much stress on the defensive backs. Geno Smith was throwing the ball downfield more than almost any quarterback last year, hitting whole shots, hitting deep passes better than like all but five or six. People don't think about it. People don't credit him for it, but it was the actual reality. And obviously Josh Allen, you mentioned a healthy Josh Allen. So it's like, it will be interesting, and Prescott does it as well. He, he takes shots downfield, so it will be interesting to see. On that note, maybe the Giants can combat that with their defensive front. I have a question for you about what your expectations are in 2023 for Leonard Williams. I think it's an interesting spot for him. Obviously, people are, are uncertain about his long-term future with the Giants. He has this massive salary cap hit right now. I think he's like the third highest paid non-quarterback this year, and that's just kind of a Gettleman issue, but easier they haven't restructured that they haven't pushed cap back they haven't extended him at all but he was playing hurt last year and i think personally that impacted his play i don't think we truly got to see the peak leonard williams next to the peak dexter lawrence because lawrence had his breakout last year do you think that if they're both healthy the giants could be looking at potentially the best defensive tackle duo in the nfl Whew, that's a tough one there, there are a couple of good defensive tackle duos in the nfl I would say at the very worst, the top five defensive okay. tackle duo in the NFL. And I am intrigued. I think we do know what we're getting out of Leonard Williams if he stays healthy. And if, if him and Lawrence both stay on the field, and now they actually have real depth. So these guys, I mean, there was a stretch of where these guys were playing more football than 95% of defensive tackles in the NFL. They just did not have the depth. Now they do. And I think it's always going to help them down the stretch and also just keep them fresh for late in games where we need that big impact from the interior pass rush. But I'll, I'm actually more curious to see how the development of the outside pass rushers can do. What, what Ojolari, if he stays healthy, and Kayvon Thibodeau, if those guys can take their game to another level, it changes everything on their defense. I still felt that the edge presence overall last year, it was not good enough. There wasn't enough pass rush ability with four guys rushing the passer. We know what we have inside. They're good quality football players, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and then the depth to keep those guys fresh. The outside, we need to see both these guys step up. We need to see a better power game from Kayvon Thibodeau. We need to see Ojolari stay on the field. Remember, he came out of Georgia with some injury issues right, that centered around lower body. It was his knee. But again, when you have a lower body issue, it creates issues elsewhere around that joint. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of soft tissue issues with Ojolari right now. We need to see these guys stay in the field and also take their games to the next level. They're not going to get a ton of help because there's not a lot of depth at edge rusher. I thought that was one spot that they just did not get that extra body in there this offseason, whether it be the draft or free agency. So a lot's going to be put on those shoulders. And if there's two guys on this team that I think can really change the fortune of the defense overall, kind of going from this tier to the next tier, it's those two guys.
I have a question about the second safety position. You mentioned Julian Love before. I'm a huge fan of Julian Love. He is probably, arguably, the most unheralded player from the team last year. But the market didn't necessarily suggest that because he only signed for $6 million. I felt like he was worth more than that, regardless of the fact. The Giants need to find somebody to step up into that role. They bring in Bobby McCain. Nick McLeod is moving from cornerback to safety. Do you have the game Belton's there? There's Trey Hawkins and players like that who are cornerbacks. Maybe they can make some sort of position switch midseason, what have you. Do you have a player in mind that you think really fits that role? The player that really comes to my mind, I think there's going to be a platoon type of situation, but Nick McLeod is probably the best tackler of that group. He seems like a really smart player as well, just from evaluating his tape last year, more so at cornerback. What are your thoughts of Nick McLeod seizing that spot? And if not Nick McLeod, who do you have in mind that can be the second safety next to Xavier McKinney? When I look about when I look at the skill set, because of Julian Love to me, there was there was two things that he did at a really high level. He could play anywhere in the secondary, yes. which is not common. And B, he was one of the best tacklers, the, the highest success rate as tacklers in the NFL um, at the position, but also just overall defenders. I think he had like a top seven or top eight tackle rate in the NFL. He just didn't miss. And those are things you don't really fully appreciate until you start to see the misses, right? Yes. It's a big deal. And I think that Julian Love that that's going to be one signing that I really think they're they're going to miss out on. Bobby McCain has that position. He has the skill set. That corner safety, I don't think he's going to be as effective. I think that's the safety net for this team is Bobby McCain. And I like Nick, Nick McLeod in that role. Javarius Owens, the rookie, I know this is going to sound crazy, a seventh-round pick from Houston. He He has that. He's a former corner, and he tracks the ball exceptionally well. I don't know if he's going to be athletic enough. And again, you can't rely on a rookie, but we've seen this out of the position before. We saw in the NFL with a few different teams where these late day three picks come in and end up being one of the first or second best safeties on a quality defense. And because I don't see a standout trait in Dane Belton yet, although I think he'll get a look, Jason Pinnock, don't see it yet. I think he's more special teamer slash occasional playmaker, but every down guy, I don't see it yet. The, the, there's going to be a spot up for grabs there. And I wouldn't overlook the rookie seventh rounder from Houston, Javarius Owens. I really like that call. It's the second person in two days who, who told us to keep an eye on Javarius Owens. And even the Giants in their history have had success with, with rookie uh, late round safeties. Michael Johnson, I remember during the 2007 oh, yeah. season. Um, Jabril Wilson, of course. But just someone to keep an eye on. I was going to ask you, Cy, and we only have a little bit of time left, so I do want to get to some draft prep for uh, people People are listening. for So a couple more questions on this year, and then we'll go to that. Yeah. But I was going to ask you if you had a sleeper for training camp, and I think we kind of just answered that with Javarius Owens. So fans should keep an eye out on Javarius Owens. How about do you have – because these are always fun to do, and I think fans like these a lot. Uh, do you have any breakout picks or a breakout pick for the Giants in 2023? Defensively? You know, this is a guy that when I saw him at camp early on, I said, this guy's going to make the roster, and he did. And I'm really – but I knew that he wasn't going to be ready year one to make a huge impact. But when you look at the tools, you look at what the Giants like to use up front, what they, what they like to do, you know, his job is going to be a little bit tougher this year because of the amount of bodies that they signed along the defensive line. But Ryder Anderson, the hybrid D-tackle D-end, I think has a very similar skill set to Leonard Williams, not even close to the same caliber. But I remember watching those two go back to back, like Leonard off the field, Ryder on the field. And you see, like, you can see some of what the Giants saw in him. 
So he, he's a potential breakout guy that I could see on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to stick with the running back. The number two running back on this team this year is going to be Eric Gray from Oklahoma. Wow. And it, I think he is going to be quickly the number two back. And there's things about him that Breida, Brightwell, they just can't do. And Gray is just a much more natural running back that can create on his own. And he's got much better hands than these guys, too. If he can find his way onto the field as a blocker and earn the coach's trust in that role, this kid will be the number two back before October. I love that call. And before we move forward to the draft stuff, one more final thing. What would a successful – so the Giants obviously made the divisional round last year, won a playoff game, lost in the divisional round. What would a successful 2023 season for the Giants look like to you, Cy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm not even going to go down the win win path of having okay. they need to win more games than last year. They had they had an easier schedule than last year. Uh, last year was easier schedule than what they're going to be facing off this year. But making the playoffs two years in a row is not common. The top of the league, you see those guys in the playoffs every year. But if the Giants can make the playoffs again and prove that last year was not a fluke and prove that they can do this with a harder schedule is what we project. I know things can change. That's when you're going to know, hey, this team is is now in it. Nothing was lucky about last year. They did it two years in a row. It, it's very rare for these teams that are on the bubble to just make the playoffs year after year. And I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember when the last time the Giants made the playoffs two years in a row. But 2007, 2008, they made, they made the That's playoffs crazy. four years in a row. So they have not made the playoffs in consecutive seasons since uh, in 15 years, 14 years. Wow. That would be a huge win for me. That's an insane That's, stat. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even really realize that or think about that. That would be, that would be a good barometer for it. Um, yeah. So let, let's move this forward a little bit and let's talk about the 2024 NFL draft. Cause it's really fun to talk about these things. And I want to talk, I want to, you know, put a focus on what you've been doing so far. 
for that from a research standpoint, from a valuation standpoint. And for those who don't know and don't follow him, we'll tell you guys at the end, uh, since he didn't put it in, in the in the stream yard for those watching, but you, where you can find Cy on Twitter, because he's been getting more involved in Twitter. And one of the things he's been getting more involved with is releasing his preseason top 32, where he's going through a top 32 overall big board, essentially, for the 2024 NFL draft and giving a little snippet on each player. So Cy, as you work through that top 32, I want to know maybe five, 10 players from your top 32. Let's do a quick thing where we can get people familiarized with them. So three things, maybe the position they play, what school they play at, and how they might fit the giant scheme, either on the offensive side of the ball with Kafka Dable or on the defense side of the ball with Wink Martindale. Yeah, so, so maybe I'll just kind of pick some of my guys that, yeah. you know, maybe some are not talking about as much. Um, and I'll start kind of l- lower and I'll work my way towards the top. But my first one would be, I think this Giants, they're, they're still not done building that wide receiver room. You know, all these receivers that they're bringing in, they're one-year contracts. And we still don't know about Isaiah Hodgins yet. So you can make an argument right now that the future of the Giants wide receiver room, only two or three of them are here right now. You know, we're still going to need to add three or four more bodies by this time next year. Antoine Wells Jr., wide receiver from South Carolina, transferred to South Carolina last year, before last season, from James Madison and tore it up. First team all SEC. Looks like Debo Samuel. I hate doing the helmet scouting, but he is a thick ass dude. Same as a, he looks like a running back after the catch um, and just has that dog in him. The question will be speed. So is he fast enough to take the top off the, the defense? Um, let's see. The next guy that I would go down towards that in relation to the Giants, I'll stick with the wide receivers and I'll go elsewhere. Um, but if this Giants team, if you're going to use the Dolphins as a template, right, everyone's like, oh, what, what's the genius behind the Dolphins offense? Mike McDaniel is a very good coach, but it's speed, and he'll be the first to tell you. So the Giants, if they could get another Jalen Hyatt-type caliber speed guy on this team, it can change everything. And Xavier Worthy, wide receiver from Texas, had an unbelievable record-setting freshman season for the, for the Longhorns. Last year, quarterback got hurt. He didn't ha- he didn't produce as much, but if you liked what you saw out of Tank Dell from Houston, Xavier Worthy has a lot of the same movement traits, but he's a little bit bigger. You know, he's a little thin, which I don't always love, but every year I feel like I'm saying, "Hey, this guy, this guy's thin." Garrett Wilson, he's yeah. thin. Chris Olave, he's thin. You're not allowed to touch these guys anymore. So right. I don't know if being big and physical is is as important as it used to be in an offense that is clearly capable of creating space. So Xavier Worthy is a guy that. Is probably going to run sub 4-4, tracks the deep ball exceptionally well. And that's another name that you put him and Jalen Hyatt on the same field as a Darren Waller. You have a different set of options uh, for a team that needs to get better at making more explosive plays. Uh, what do you guys think about those first two? Love both of those first two. I would say... Do either of them slot? I like how you mentioned how they fit the scheme schematically because you 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 correctly astutely pointed out that this is a good this scheme does a good job creating space. Do either of them fit the profile though more as like an alpha X type receiver? I'm I'm just curious about that because of the investments the Giants have already made in those smaller players and obviously Wandell Robinson and even Jalen Hyde, who I do agree will play more outside than people realize, but isn't necessarily the biggest receiver. Do either of them project in your mind as potentially being an X on the outside? Antoine Wells does. Um, okay. You know, I have another uh, – he, he just the physical nature behind his game. Um, the other guy that you want to stick with speed that had the X is a uh, 20th-ranked player on my board, hence the season, is uh, Roma Donze from Washington. He's a little bit more Quentin Johnson type. You okay. know, 6'3", 
215. He added about 10, 15 pounds this offseason, um, according to reports, according to him. And he has a developing skill set, kind of like Quentin Johnson. You see some stuff that you don't love, but you can imagine the upside with a player this big, this fast, run some 4-4. Um, he's the kind of guy that if you're looking for that specific kind of receiver, um, that, that's who you're going to be going after. And I do think he's going to end up in a similar spot to where Quentin Johnson came off the board last year. So I wanted to ask about the linebacker and the edge class heading in because the Giants have voids at both of those spots. And it's kind of crazy because the Giants have made huge investments at edge, but still I'm a little bit concerned about that position. So what's your overall opinion on the edge and linebacker class, juniors and seniors in college football right now? It's going to be a strong edge group again. And this is something that we saw with wide receivers for a few years. It's like every year you kept on saying, man, strong wide receiver group, strong wide receiver group. Again, I think we're going to start seeing that with edge defenders that whoever's in these kids' years early on in high school, they say, if you want to make money, be able to rush the passer. And you can just see it's like, you know, on average, when I first started doing this, you'd see two or three first round grades, maybe four. Now it's like six or seven per year. Like guys that you really think could be a difference making edge rusher that you'd want to take in round one. So there are a few guys that I really do like from a pass rush, uh, pass rush perspective. Um, that uh, Chop Robinson from Penn State, slightly undersized, um, and the defensive end from Ohio from Ohio State, who had one of the best performances I've ever seen any defensive player make against Penn State last year. I don't want to say his last name wrong yet, but JT Tuamalo, uh, number 44, 275 pounds. I think that's something that the Giants and Wink Martindale will want next year if they attack the edge a guy that has a little bit more power presence. Remember, Kayvon yep. Thibodeau was drafted by this regime. Ojolari was not. They're both similar players, similar body types, slightly undersized, but not a huge deal. I think if Wink Martindale had his say, he'd get one edge guy in here with a little bit more size. And Tuamalo from, Penn, uh, from Ohio State, sorry, is kind of like that guy to a T that I think that can be moved around a bit, but at the very least set a hard edge against the run and still beat guys up as a power pass rusher. Linebacker, Nick, you know, Eagles fans, our Giants fans, you remember the name Jeremiah Trotter? His son plays for Clemson. I think he's the best linebacker in the country that's going to be playing off ball inside. Unbelievable acceleration and speed. Not as undersized as, as some think. He's going to weigh in at 235. That's plenty big enough for the NFL right now. You know, you prefer speed and ability to move. But the trait that his father did not have that this kid does, he is a very good cover linebacker. Um, one of the best um, in the uh, in the entire draft class, statistically. And then you watch the tape and you see him move and you see the feel and you see the feet and the hips. You're going to like this kid a lot when he drops back into coverage. And I think he'd be a fun compliment next to Kirky. I love that you brought up Trotter Jr. because he's a player who I had circled on my list. I, I'm obviously a big believer in the line, in investing in the linebacker position, and we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, um, and just getting a difference maker like that. And I just feel like last year we were told we were sold this bill early in the draft process, like Trenton Simpson, perfect fit for Wink Martindale's system. Trenton Simpson, potential first round pick for the Giants. And I was watching Clemson, and every time I watch Clemson, I'm like, he's not even close to the best linebacker on this team. So like, yeah. it's not even like remotely close. You could tell Trotter just. You said it best. His instincts and his movement skills are just different. And that usually makes a big difference at the NFL level. So I'm really happy you brought him up. I want to ask you about – oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say you can knock two birds out with one stone when you watch Clemson because my number two linebacker 
in the country heading into the draft. He's number, on my top 32 overall. He's number 28. Is Barrett Carter, also from Clemson, number zero. Freaky, freaky athlete. Unbelievable size-speed ratio. Doesn't have the field Trotter does, but he is he's going to be a first-round caliber linebacker when all said and done. When you watch them play, you see some bad plays here and there. You see a lack of feel. But when you see him diagnose correctly and attack the football and attack the action, there are very few players in the country that can move like him at his size. Love it. All right. So one more transition, one more group I want to focus on from the draft that we haven't discussed too much yet, uh, at least Nick and I, is the interior offensive line. Because Glowinski, obviously, on the roster this year, who knows if he'll be on the roster next year. The Giants can get out of that contract next year. Azuda, we're hoping, will take a step forward. It's not a guarantee. John Michael Schmidt's probably locked in at center. So those two guard spots might be open, or at least one guard spot. Any interior offensive lineman that has stood out to you or made your top 32? There's, there's one that made my top 32. There's one that just missed it by three spots. And there's another that is very popular. The name that's very popular that I haven't come around on yet, just because of athleticism shortcomings, is uh, Jordan Beebe from Kansas – or, sorry, Cooper Beebe from uh, Kansas State. Fun player to watch, can beat the crap out of people, but I'm not sure he has the athletic ability yet to really uh, handle the, the rising athleticism we're seeing as from interior pass rushers. Donovan Jackson from Ohio State. Uh, very highly sought after recruit took a little uh, took a long time to really get his his game on a consistent path at Ohio State, but the way he ended last year, he probably has an inside track with the majority of people that are in the scouting industry with teams, especially uh, that he'll probably be the preseason top guard on the table, borderline first round pick. But the guy I have actually plays tackle for Washington. His physical profile just screams guard to me. I think he's going to be a Skaronsky type where, hey, quality tackle, but we know arm length, it, it matters in the evaluation process. He'll probably end up inside, and I think could be the first interior offensive lineman taking is uh, Troy Fatanu. Um, just rapid-fire footwork, has probably some of the best speed-to-power conversions. You know, he, he creates a lot of movement off the ball initially, and that's what I want. From, from an interior guy, I want him to be able to get moving off the ball consistently. And you need a blend of power and speed and quickness um, and balance and agility. He has all those traits. Um, the only issues that I've seen on tape is very common. It's very correctable. It's just a little oversetting, kind of goes after his initial read a little too soon and kind of opens up the door um, to his inside shoulder as a left tackle. And I don't think that'll be the issue. It will be uh, guard if you could put him inside. So um, that's the guy that I think you guys keep an eye on. Number 55 from Washington, Troy Fatano. I honestly am pretty unaware of a lot of the college football class. I actually want to start doing work during like maybe September, October. I say that every year to be more familiarized by the time January rolls around. Man, I just don't know where I can find that time. So David, how do you have 48 hours in a day? <laughs> bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've really committed myself to to the draft you know there's there's stuff that i wish i could do more with the nfl you know it's it's kind of like you, you scout all these players and want to project them to the nfl and you know i want to talk about what these guys do once they get to the nfl like were you right or were you wrong but like you guys it's you know you have to pick one or the other i feel like you can do both but in terms of you know having you know your personal top lever expertise you kind of know, need to know where your priority is you guys do such a good job breaking down that Giants game tape. I hate to not see that just because you want to get a better feel for the prospects because the prospects, what I like about the NFL, there's 32 teams. All right, there's 53 guys on each team. College, you're talking about 120 teams, plus you're looking at some FCS programs. Yeah. There's 
80 guys on some of these teams. It's really hard. It's just, it just takes a lot of time. But my suggestion would be, you know, to start at the top and just, you know, it's pretty easy to find out who, who the consensus, you know, the top tackles, the top, and just get eyes on those guys. And, and because what it helps when you do start watching, whether it's October, November, December, January, you at least have the top. Like, this is where the barometer is. Watch the left tackle from Penn State, Fashanu. He's going to be the top tackle in this draft. I think he might end up – he has a shot at being my top graded tackle ever over mm-hmm. Penn Sewell, right? Um, watch him play football when you can in the fall so that you know where the top is. And you can work your way down from there. Um, you know, I love Brock Bowers, the tight end slash offensive weapon from Georgia. You know, very few guys, very few tight ends can come in the league and move like him and affect a game like him. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, I, off the record, I could always send you guys some guys just to take a look at. And I don't think you need to go full-blown scouting them early on. I think just watching them passively on a Saturday and not breaking down tape yet, just getting a feel for what some strength and weakness is and not overanalyze it. But it always helps you once that process gets more intense, January, February, March, that you at least have some background right. on it. You have something to recall. Take some notes throughout the year, throughout the year, and then you go from there. I love Good it. advice. Thanks, David. Yeah, it yeah. is great advice, actually. So we're gonna di- we're definitely gonna do that this year. So Sai, let everybody know where they can find all your work, not only just on social media, but where they can find you know Arla. Give give the whole spiel right now. Yeah, I mean Arlads.com. We're you know we're in the midst. There's three of three or four of us. We're in the midst of putting our you know preseason stacks together. That's what most people call ranks. We stack guys you know in groups of 10, 10 to twenty at a time. So we're working on that right now. We'll be publishing them on Arlads.com. I would say before September 1st, I'm really more leaning towards offense. Those guys lean a little bit more towards defense. And I'll be active on Twitter throughout the season um, uh, at rlads underscore Sy. That's S-Y. And I will be writing Giants Games reviews for Big Blue Interactive. Uh, Eric Kennedy over there. Um, I usually start that process on a Sunday night. And and uh, I usually send it to him by Tuesday afternoon, rewatch the game a couple of times, get that all 22 tape in there to get a couple of different opinions on players. I try to break down each player. I'm not really a journalist. You know, I don't really like to break down the game itself. I leave that to you guys and guys that are much better at writing than me. I just try to break down some of the scouting aspect components of players. So that's always going to be looked for. And every year I've been doing this for three years in a row. I make an all rookie team every week. So if you want to kind of keep tabs on who the top rookies are in the NFL, we spend so much time talking about them and thinking about them, right? How are they actually doing in year one? Um, every Wednesday on rlads.com, my all-rookie team for that respective week is published on that website with a little blurb written on each guy. And um, so that's always fun to kind of track. And then I use have like a, a little bit of a system to create an all-rookie team at the end of the year. Love it. And one final pitch I'll make, because I use this an insane amount, not just now, but throughout the season, is – Go to our leads for any depth chart questions you have. You want to know where a player is, what roster he's on, how he looks right now, how an offensive line looks. Literally, there's no better. You type in depth chart, you go to ESPN. No offense to these other resources. You go to ESPN, Fox, whatever it may be. You're not going to find anywhere near the depth you're going to get from our leads from a depth chart standpoint. They go all out on this. So definitely something to keep an eye on as well. I know Sai's mentioned that in the past. But otherwise, thanks everybody tuning in again. Thank you, Sai, so much for joining us. Everybody have a great rest of your week.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.